BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wake up, Lincoln. I overslept. Damn rooster didn't crow. It's time for early break. Sponsored by Midwest Bank. Live from Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. I'm wrong, but I'm not. Husker Online, Steve Sipple. If I were a feral cat. And longtime college football assistant coach, Bill Bush. You get one team. Mine's the Houston Oilers. I'm, so, not, I'm not the Texans, and I'm not the Titans, so, so I'm out. This is early break. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Monday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, Bill Bush on early break. Hour 2 sponsored by our friends at Midwest Bank member FDIC location in Lincoln at 27th and Jamie Lane. New location coming to 70th and Pioneers by the beginning of 2024. Again, Midwest Bank member FDIC, our proud sponsor of Hour 2 on the program. Before we get... Let's, let's move on. We got our special guest on the line to start off the 7 o'clock hour. He's a man who's on a bus tour right now across the Midwest, the East Coast. That is Jerry DiNardo of the Big Ten Network. Jerry, good morning. Thanks for joining us. You were here in Lincoln on Friday. The question we have for you off the bat is, where are you right now, Jerry? Where is your next stop on the bus tour? I am, I am in Chicago. Uh, we have a morning practice at Northwestern. And then we get on a plane to go to State College. And then from State College, it's Maryland. Oh, it's Rutgers, Maryland. Uh, maybe Ohio State, Indiana. I kind of lose track after that. I've got to look at the. I got to look at the sheet. I can't memorize. <laughs> you just long for the ride and, and look at practice and, and make notes. So let's let's go back to your time in Nebraska. You guys started things off in Lincoln, Jerry. Now I'm curious. You you guys commented a couple things about Jeff Sims, the culture in general. I want to start with Jeff Sims, the quarterback for Nebraska. Again, we have not seen him besides the spring game here in Lincoln. When you saw practice, what were your guys' initial impressions? of Jeff Sims, the likely starter for the Huskers this upcoming season? Well, you know, when you look at a quarterback, you're really looking at the offense, right? So I, I thought they were, they were far along or right, right where they're supposed to be with the run game. I mean, it's going to be an aggressive run game. They're running the zone schemes. They're running the gap schemes. They're running some decide option. I, I, I thought that looked very good. So I think Sims handled that very well. Sims in the run game is, uh, I mean, I said this to Howard on air, I mean, he, he looks like a big physical tailback. I mean, not that they're going to be an option team, but that, that's part of everybody's offense now because it, it, it helps the offense get the numbers the way they want in the box. I thought the pass game was behind the run game, and I, and I think that in most cases 
uh, for first-year quarterback. There's only three quarterbacks in the league that are coming back. Everybody else has a first-time quarterback, so I don't think this is going to be any different than where I go, where if they have this style of offense, meaning a physical run offense mixing in the option, I think all quarterbacks are going to be uh, further along in the run game than the pass game. So that's how I saw it. I, I saw Jeff as, you know, obviously their starting quarterback. He fits their scheme. He's a first-time quarterback in that scheme, and I think the pass game has some work to do. Hey, Jerry, I just want to back up a little bit. You, when you when you come to a school, when you like you go to Northwestern today, you came to Nebraska. What what are you looking for? I mean, what? I, I mean, I, when I go to a practice, my eyes my eyes are darting all over the place. What what do you try to lock in on? Yeah, I start at the line of scrimmage. I, I either offense or defensive line. It doesn't really matter. But before I go anywhere, I want to see what they are see what they look like at the line of scrimmage. So in Nebraska's case, I thought their offensive line was fine. I, I, I actually thought the line of scrimmage was better than I had anticipated. So, that, so that's where I start. And then after that, it really depends on the team. Then I went to Sims. Then I wanted to go to quarterback. So, you know, by way of example, uh, last year, you know, I didn't have to rush to see CJ uh, at, at Ohio State. I, I mean, he's a known quantity at, at quarterback. So, Line of scrimmage first and everything else. You know, as a Bill, you know this. I mean, you love to see coaches coach. You know, who are the best teachers? How do they present themselves? You know, what's what's the head coach's role if it's a new head coach? Uh, I just mean all those kind of organization things. You know, sometimes I'll get caught off guard. Uh, It happened to me the other day when Howard asked me, because Dave Remsen wasn't with us, so Howard was kind of hosting the show about specific names. You know, I don't do a great job. At, at, you know, uh, learning everybody's name in the offensive line or every linebacker or, or something like that. I, I, I want to know the line of scrimmage, the quarterback, and then I love the structure of practice and the way everybody goes about their business. Coach uh, Bill Bush here. I really enjoyed the segment, and you talked about on on the show uh, on the, of Nebraska's review about the message and the messenger and Matt Rule. And obviously your resume as a head coach is incredible. Tell me how what what you saw in in uh, in his message and how he was ab- able to relate with the players. Yeah, Bill. So so you, uh, Nebraska's a little unique for me, right? Because you know I go back to 1972 Orange Bowl, Coach Devaney's last game, and then obviously my Colorado history. So so I've always been uh, a guy who's watched Nebraska, and I always have this saying that if you've had greatness in your past, you can have greatness in your future. Nebraska's testing me on on that theory, but they've had, they've had some conference changes and some things that no one else has, has really had. So, uh, so for me, I follow the coaches that we have had since I've been in the Big Ten Network. Bo, who I thought was a terrific coach, obviously public relations wasn't a strong suit, uh, and he had some issues there. Uh, Mike Riley, I think a wonderful guy, but not a great messenger, right? I mean, you'd have to be with him one-on-one really to know uh, the kind of really good guy he is, right? Mm-hmm. Scott Frost, I thought Scott thought just because he played there, uh, he didn't have to reach out. I think Matt is a guy who's so approachable. Uh, and, it, and it reminds me of when I went to LSU. The state owns you. I, I mean, you're, you're their property. And if you embrace that and you understand that, I, I, I think the narrative around programs like Nebraska and like LSU, the fans have to be on your side. 
You know, alienating a fan base like that is, is just counterproductive. Being aloof with a fan base like that is counterproductive. And what I've seen from afar with, with Matt is that he has embraced the state of Nebraska. Well, he's the same way on the field, right? You're not, you're not two different people. So I think he's approachable to the players. He's approachable to the coaches. He coaches groups. He'll move around. Um, it was just, you know, I think, you know, I, I hate to say this because, you know, ultimately most of us get fired, but it seems like he's a perfect fit. And it's not just about football at Nebraska. As you guys know better than I do, mm-hmm. you, you have to be outwardly thinking to your fan base. And I could see why he's so good at it because he's so good at it on the team. So my comment was, when the message is good, the me- when the messenger has the ability to deliver the message, it usually works, and that's what I see in that rule. Join Jerry DiNardo, BTN, making the rounds on the bus tour throughout the Big Ten. I'm curious, Jerry, you guys saw Minnesota this weekend in Nebraska, of course, on Friday. The first game of the season for the Huskers is at Minnesota on Thursday the 31st of this month. I'm cu- do you see a team at the Gophers that's way ahead of Nebraska from the one practice? How do you, how do you kind of compare the two schools in your visits to them? Yeah, this is really interesting. I'm not sure this has ever happened to us in week zero that we've seen the teams. Yeah, the, the, the difference is, and again, you know, Minnesota was, only had two uh, offensive linemen coming back. They had a new quarterback. I mean, they have some questions, but what jumps out at you at Minnesota is that that's a seven-year program. I mean, P.J. has been there seven years. They have depth everywhere. I mean, you, you, it's, you know, the Bills question, you know, you walk around practice. What, what I was impressed about there is every position has depth. I, I mean, they run well. I think this offensive line coach at, at, at Minnesota really is good. I mean, he's constantly developing these offensive lines. The defensive line was long at defensive end. They were thick at defensive tackle. So the difference is, you know, you, from 10,000 feet, you could tell – this might be this guy's first year at a program, and this might be a guy that's been at a program for several years. It's established. It has more depth than Nebraska. Uh, you know, obviously, everybody knows the routine. It's the same routine that these kids have been going through since they've been there. So, veteran program, rookie program, I think is the best way I could des- describe the difference. Now, Kaliak Manis is a great talent. I mean, he can spin it. I doubt they're going to be 70% run like they were with Tana. And Mo, I mean, this this Kaliak Mattis is could be a big time quarterback. Do you, do you think Nebraska had enough depth up front on defense? Well, I think it's you know I think it's better. I, you know, I, I don't I don't know if you ever have enough depth up up front on defense. You know the way the game's being played now. You know they're rotating defensive linemen in there because you're defending the spread and you're constantly in a pass rush or you're constantly chasing someone down, and so depth at the defensive line, you know. No, I'm guessing Matt's not happy with it. I don't know that many coaches would be. I, coincidentally, we're talking about Minnesota. I would think Minnesota is. But again, mm-hmm. this is seven years in the making. And, and nowadays, you know, who the heck is anywhere seven years? Yeah, good point. Jerry, I'm curious. You mentioned that you, the, the, the pass game seems behind the run game so far in practice for Nebraska. We, a lot of questions regarding the offensive line for the Huskers in the past couple of years. And what do you see from the, the old line uh, in your visit to Nebraska? I, I see him better. I really do. I see him better. You know, they, you know, they lack some depth, and you know, they're not where, they're not where. Again, to go back to the historic perspective of Nebraska. I mean, think about the offensive lines in the during the history of Nebraska. Right? They're not there yet, but you know, 
they, they certainly can get there. You know, they've got, they've got big numbers. I know they've changed the rule how many players you can have at practice. The other thing that Matt did that was very, not very unusual, but unusual, and I do believe you guys could ask him, that he got this from Coach Osborne because he has mentioned he, he, he wasn't used to rosters being this big, and he talked to Coach Osborne about it. And, Steve, I don't know if you've been to practice, or Bill, if you've been to practice, but they have, they have a circuit, which is pretty common, but it's team circuit. So, you know, everyone's getting a ton of reps. I want to say I, ca- I counted 11 cameras out there. And, and, and I said to Coach, well, how do you why, How can you possibly watch all this tape? But the reason I have 11 cameras is they have all these team drills going on, and everybody has to be on tape. And so one thing they're doing probably, which is a throwback, is the young players who probably will never see the, the stadium this year in a real game are getting as many reps sometimes in practice as the first team. And that's, that's unusual. You need the facilities for it, you need the coaches for it, and you obviously need the equipment like the cameras for it. Jerry, you guys are visiting Northwestern today. You said, I'm curious, you know, that, that's obviously a mess with Fitzgerald out, the whole hazing situation, the new interim coach there for, for uh, you know, this season. What, what do you take, what can you take away from practice? What are you looking for today in that situation that they're inheriting there? Well, before the crises, you know, they had only won two games, I think, in the last two years. And I think they're 4-20 and 20 since they, they won the West. So before the crises, uh, I was, you know, seeing the talent level. I, you know, I mean, players play, coaches coach, and so you win two games in two years. I mean, it's got to be somebody's fault, you know. And so I don't think they had the players in past years, and I thought the recruiting uh, wasn't what it was like in other places. And so, uh, you know, there's not much we can do about the crises. You know, we're all in a very difficult situation, as you can imagine. Uh, with what we say and what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we respect what they're going through and have our own opinions that, you know, we can share some, we can't share others. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I honestly, I just want to look at the, the, the team. Uh, you know, the coaching staff is, is upside down and everything else. So I just want to see what kind of players they have. How, you know, how many guys are left in that roster that really can compete in the Big Ten. I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that of the 14 schools, they, they may have the the least amount of talent, but I don't know that for sure. So my Jerry DiNardo, Big Big Ten Network. Uh, I'm curious, obviously, obviously this past weekend, Oregon and Washington were admitted to the Big Ten. Now 18 teams, possibly more on top of that. Jerry, do you view, I mean, now that's that's four schools from the West Coast, of USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon now in the Big Ten, a truly coast-to-coast league. What is your initial reaction to those two joining the conference and, and also the Pac-12 basically dissipating as part of those teams also go to the Big 12? Yeah, you know, you know, just the obvious stuff. You know, this is about the money, uh, and this is about people that are in an arms race or in a salary race, and they really can't keep up with everybody else. I mean, you look at Florida State. I mean, they've they've made this point. They they have basically said we cannot compete with what we're getting paid with at the in the ACC. Well, I think the same thing is true about the the Pac-12. So I think that's that's all pretty obvious. You know, what bothers me the most is when this first started with USC and US and UCLA, you know, not enough attention towards the other sports. You know, football has the least amount of problems when it comes to travel. I'm concerned about the student-athletes that play twice a week, you know, volleyball, uh, lacrosse, whatever those sports are where um, basketball, where it's multiple games per week. You know, are we going to say to a, a, 
uh, student-athlete at Oregon, hey, you have Rutgers on Saturday. You know what? As long as you're there, you might as well play Maryland because you're on the East Coast. And then stop by Penn State, and we'll see you next week on campus. So I'm concerned that there's not uh, – and maybe they're thinking about it and not sharing their ideas. I made the comment at Nebraska when this first broke. I think it's time to revisit East and West. Mm. You know, especially for the other sports, but even for football. You know, you could take the four Pac-12 teams. I think you, you know, you go Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, whatever, wherever you divide that, divide that up. Uh, try to keep your permanent crossovers as your traditional rivals. Uh, but you know, let's make, let's try to make the West Coast teams travel not much different than it was when they were in the Pac-12. So whatever it was from L.A. to Washington. You know, take that by way of example. It'll take the worst case scenario. Take an Arizona team playing at the Washington in the old Pac-12. If that was acceptable, if that was manageable, figure out that how many miles that was. Now start at the West Coast schools that are joining the Big Ten. Go that many miles east, and let's see where we wind up. And certainly for all the other sports, let's go east and west. But even let's consider it for football as well. Everything else is pretty obvious. I mean, it's 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 about the money. You know, it's about everybody paying their bills, um, and it's not going to stop soon. And you know, Pac-12, you know, they've always had issues because of time zone. You know, so people don't grow up watching. If you're not on the West Coast, you don't grow up watching Pac-12 football because you know it's too late at night. So they've always had this issue with how many people are watching, how much money they're getting paid. Jerry, I don't know if you do predictions or not, but who do you like in a Big Ten? Well, I, you know, without seeing everybody, I, I picked uh, Penn State in the East. You did? Uh, yeah, I, I did. And we didn't, we didn't really, I don't remember pred- uh, anybody asking about the West. Uh, and I usually don't make that kind of prediction. I'm not even sure why I did. But, I mean, I know why I made the prediction. I don't know why I agreed to answer the question. I usually don't do that, especially, <laughs> until, after the, especially until after the tour. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I think Penn State's a really talented team. You know, I still think, guys, there's, you know, there's, there's, if you want to call them old-fashioned values, like not revenge necessarily, but mm-hmm. you know, young people are still motivated by what they haven't achieved, and I think, you know, James Franklin does a very good job with this. You know, how states had a tremendous amount of recent success. Michigan's had a tremendous amount of success. Penn State only lost to Michigan and Ohio State last year. You know, mm-hmm. and they got a rookie quarterback and this and that. I just think that, you know, young people are still motivated by things that they want to achieve and they haven't. And so Michigan's a two time winner, as we all know. Ohio State's had a lot of success. I think Penn State could be the hungriest team of those three. Mm. Jerry, re- regarding Nebraska, I mean, the fans are just obviously starving for. A bowl game. It's been since 2016. They have they've been you know three and nine, four and eight, two and six, and they had some rough stretches. I know you can't see a lot after one practice, but I mean the schedule's gettable this year for Nebraska. Do you expect this team to be in a bowl game this this uh, this postseason? Well, you know I said this after watching them that you know when teams I want to say in the last two years you guys are no better than me. And Nebraska's lost 12 close games. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for losing close games, and we can all pick at the reasons. But I do think, you know, to my point about Penn State, I do think that's motivating. Even though there's a new coach, those guys on the team know what it's like to lose a close game. And I think that's motivation for them. So I came away 
by watching Matt's structure of his practice, you know, early in camp, watching the enthusiasm, uh, why, you know, looking at the talent that, you know, I, I think they're better equipped to win the close game. So if I'm right about that, then they go to a bowl game because their schedule is doable. And so if they can avoid the, the just end of the game letdowns, uh, you know, I think they, I think, yes, they, they are in a bowl game. You know, again, I've only seen, I've only seen two schools, but at some point I'll be able to match the talent up with Nebraska to the other 13. I really can't do that yeah. now. So it's hard to, it's hard to answer that question. Coach Gennardo, Bill Bush again, one last thing. We have something in common in that obviously you coached at LSU and I was there for several years. I was on Coach Ogeron's staff at, at LSU. And here in Nebraska this time of year, people talk about how, it, how, we get, how it's humid. Can you explain to people what real humidity is like at LSU? <laughs> mm. Mm. I'll tell you one thing, Bill. I, if anyone that I coached, in fact, I was talking to one of my ex-Vanville players the other day, and he asked me what – he's a coach. He asked me what mistakes I had made. I said, coming from the north, the heat issue at, in the SEC is, is just – it's overwhelming. And uh, – I'm just happy that everybody survived what I was doing because I didn't really, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to describe what it's like there. You know, I, I think uh, I think Kelly's practicing half inside and half outside and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, 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 it's it, crazy, Bill. Right? It's really I mean, it's hard to describe. It is. I, I, I live down, I, I mean, I live in Florida, so, I, I, you know, I get it. I, 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 this, this tour is a break for the weather for me. It's like my vacation. Awesome. Like Thanks, my, Coach. It's like my condo on the ocean, you know. Jerry, always great stuff. Enjoy the rest of the BTN bus tour. Appreciate your time. We will chat with you again down the road. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Jerry DiNardo, Big Ten Network. Again, they're uh, making the rounds. Nebraska first, Minnesota second, Northwestern today. You can watch the special in Minnesota from yesterday, today, Mm, Northwestern tomorrow on BTN. What a job they do. It's just incredible. I watched that and listening to to, uh, Coach talk this morning. They're detailed, and also that they say that that also they're just likable. You just want to listen mm-hmm. to them talk. You just want to. I could listen to Gary Donardo talk for like Jerry. four hours, Jerry. Yes, yeah. Gary, Jerry. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I might say Gary, but not sure. But yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But exactly, uh, I'm coach. Yeah, I mean that was that was excellent. It was interesting. Yep, good insight on uh, Nebraska and the quarterback, the offensive line, everything there. So if you missed any of that, if you're just tuning in, check it out the podcast page, Jerry Donardo. Big Ten Network, always good stuff there. We'll have more next on Early Break in the Ticket. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.